Dudes Talk Sports, hosted by Will Thomas and Chad Tujak. Hello, everybody. Buenos dias, and welcome to another episode of Dudes Talk Sports. Again, this is one of those weird episodes where it's only one dude talking one sport. Uh, we're going to be covering MMA today. I know usually we talk about fantasy football, football in general, uh, but today we're switching gears. We're going back to MMA. I'm going to be doing a recap, a cover, uh, a coverage of the UFC fight night in Lincoln, Nebraska, which was Justin Gagey, or headlined by Justin Gagey versus James Vick. Uh, so that was a that was a fun card. Uh, especially there was a, like there was quite a few known known names on that fight card, which was actually surprised me. So that was actually really entertaining. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit of Anthony Pettis versus Tony Ferguson news, as well as a rumored, uh, I know they're, they're, they're prospective and going towards it, but UFC 231, the proposed match against Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega. Um, so let's get into the UFC fight night card. Again, it was in Lincoln, Nebraska. So this was probably one of the very few things aside from the university that's in Lincoln, Nebraska. Justin Gagey versus James Vick. I'm not going to go through every single uh, every single match. I'm going to go through a few of the ones that I loved as well as a few of the notable ones just for the sake of you not bashing your head against the wall, just in case you're not a big MMA fan. Um, but we'll start out uh, with the Joanne Calderwood, uh, Miss Braveheart, versus Kalindra Faria. Faria? Faria. Faria? Faria. Uh, anyway, I heard it both ways. Uh, Joanne, uh, she submits Kalindra. Kalindra. Callisto. Yeah, uh, Joanne Calderwood submits Kalindra with an armbar in the first round. Beautiful armbar. Uh, it was a fun back-and-forth fight but while it lasted. But I, I love Joanne Calderwood. I know she always comes out really fiery, which pun intended or not pun intended with being Scottish. Uh, but, I mean, she's awesome. Moving on to James Krause versus Worley Alves. Man, Worley Alves came in with the legend of John Henry's hammer uh, being undefeated coming into the UFC. And, man... He got starched. He got KO'd by James Krause in the second. Uh, there's not too much else to say aside from that. It looked it was a great fight in the first. A lot, of, a lot of was tentative, a lot feeling out. Worley Alves makes his living on the ground, so I'm really surprised. Uh, a lot of a lot of his a few of his losses have come at the feet, man. It's he's just he. I think he got smothered by Bar, Brian Barberina, who's just the guy that they give to completely kill whatever buzz you have around a prospect. He did it with Sage Norcutt, and he also did it with Worley Alves. Uh, so Worley Alves gets stopped by James Krause. Great performance by James Krause. Uh, moving on, Eric Anders, poor Tim Williams. Uh, Eric Anders KOs Tim Williams in the first round via an old-school pride soccer kick. Um, now, a lot of people were, were up in arms initially about it because Tim Williams was coming off the ground, but Eric Eric Anders, who is a, a former, I want to say a former, uh, inside linebacker at the University of Alabama, could be making that stat up, but who knows? Um Man, he, he just pretty much said, hey, nice face. Here's my shin and went kablooey right into his mouth. Uh, Tim Williams, he, he was no more after that. Uh, he, I mean, it was a great fight. Again, it was a fun fight. Only lasted a, you know, a few minutes. I think he, he finished him off around a minute into the first or a minute after the first or a minute towards the second. Either way, whatever one of those works for you. Um, he knocked him down one, two as Tim Williams is getting back up. He was technically legal to be kicked, and Eric Anders, who's been quoted after the the fight has happened, and saying that, uh, yeah, man, this is chess. This isn't checkers. I looked, and I made sure that all of his digits were off the ground, that I needed to have him off the ground, and I went kablam and hit him right. Uh, with the old-school pride soccer kick, KOs Tim Williams. Uh, and I love Eric Anders, not in a weird way, uh, maybe in a weird way, but not in a weird way. Uh, I just I'm a huge fan of... Now that you're not just having technicians and barroom brawlers, you're getting people that are walking away from millions and millions of dollars that 
in other sports, other avenues where they can make tons of money and they're going towards MMA, which right now it's not in its fledgling state anymore, but in terms of business and pay rate from what other places get paid, it's hard for somebody who's, who's an NFL caliber athlete to walk away from the money that they could perceivably get there and make it an MMA just because especially in the UFC it's feast or famine there's there's no sponsorships you you get their sponsorship you get their money you get whatever that's bankrolled into your contract um I know other leagues are, are different Bellator you get you get you know you can get uh sponsors you can get a whole bunch of other things but I love that a lot of people are migrating towards that. a lot of elite caliber athletes are doing that because you, you're seeing now the cream of the crop rise to the top. And it, it's awesome, man. It, it's awesome. Especially when a guy like Eric Anders is, is picking up these professional skill sets that he's had beforehand. He's really refining him and learning stuff and they learn and he's learning this stuff at such a rapid rate and, and he has the athleticism to do so. Um, so again, long story, long, long story, long Eric Anders KOs Tim Williams in the first, I'm sorry, the third, no, sorry, my, my fault. Uh, KOs Tim Williams in the third, um, Moving on, Mickey Gall submits George Sullivan with a rear naked choke. Good win to put him back in the win column for Mickey Gall. Uh, he had all this steam going against him, then he lost it uh, in his last fight. So I'm glad to see him win it back again. As always, he grabbed the horn, called somebody out. He's awesome at doing that. He's awesome at capitalizing his moments uh, on TV. Uh, he did it with for, for CM Punk in front of Dana White. He did it for Sage Northcutt, and he just keeps doing it. Uh, so keep doing your thing. Speaking of Brian Barberina, about 19 years ago, um, TKO's Jake Ellenberger in the first round. I've wanted Jake Ellenberger back in the win column for quite a while. Um, I, man, it's just it's hard. And, and right after the fight, even though he got TKO'd in the first round, he he put his you know he pretty much was very adamant saying this is it, this is, this is my last fight. And then after it happened, he he went out on the shield, put his gloves in the middle of the octagon, got a big fanfare from all the 45 people in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, and, man, uh, it's hard seeing a guy like that because Jake Ellenberger five years ago was a world beater. I mean, even on a, a rebound fight, when he lost a few, he came back and he demolished Nate Marquardt in a way that nobody demolishes Nate, Nate the Great. Um, and he lost a few in a row, and then now it's, he's, he's at this point, and then he loses via this fashion. And you, like, no matter what – you always want the Cinderella, like the Cinderella story to go off as in, you know, like how Ray Lewis, when he won the Super Bowl in his last year with the Ravens and saying that this is my last year and then they win the Super Bowl. You always want that to happen. But in MMA, that never happens, man. You're like your last fight. You always end up losing a few. And then you get to that last that last little sweet spot. And you're just like, you know what? They give you a favorable matchup. And it just doesn't happen, man. It just doesn't happen. So that was really sad. Uh, but also, you know, hats off to him, a, a dynamic warrior. Again, one of those guys that was a world beater. He's one of those guys that just looked like the Hulk when he stepped in, and he would just put people away with his right and left hook. He's just an absolute animal, a Wolverine that he pretty much how he'd come at you like a buzzsaw. Um, so that was unfortunate. But the fight, he started out strong, man. He landed the first combo, and, and Barb, you know, Barbarina really got shook. But then. You know, as the first kind of weighed on, Barbarina dropped him a few times and an uppercut combo that followed with a left and a right pretty much sealed the deal. Dropped uh, Jake Ellenberger and the fight was waved off. Then I see all of that. He dropped his gloves, thanked the crowd and all that stuff. Moving on to the next fight, Courtney Casey split decisions. Angela Hill, uh, Casey rebounding from a two-fight losing streak. Uh, interesting fact: needed that win, looked great. Uh, Angela Hill drops to eight and five after returning uh, to the UFC from Invicta a few fights ago, and she just looks. I mean, I love Angela Hill and the fact that 
she looks night and day better when she left the UFC to Invicta, and then she came back, and she was a striking monster. She uses her distance, uses her jab, and she just looks like a season, like she was a seasoned pro to begin with, but she just looks like on, on a different kickboxing, you know, distance level. She, she's very smart, uh, very smart, super technical, uses her space, uses her distance, uses her reach, and she's just really good. And then, uh, obviously, this one, it was a back-and-forth fight. You could have gone either way, but Courtney Casey's, Courtney Casey's, gets the split decision over Angela Hill. So Angela Hill drops, I think, to a two-fight losing streak. I could be wrong. Um, but Courtney Casey pulls that on this one. Next fight up, Michael Johnson, split decisions, Andre Filé. Man, that was a fun fight, too. Any any fight with Michael Johnson is always going to end up at a barn burner, especially against Andre Filé. I mean, that was just like a match made in heaven with two guys that just like to throw. Um, so first round gets underway. Uh, man, I think the – Throughout the fight, there was fouls committed by both. There was eye pokes. There was groin shots. Um, but MJ, you know, Michael Johnson wins that first round handedly. Andre Feely wins that second round handedly. And then the third round was a toss-up again. It's one of those things with split decisions. They've been a lot better. There's no egregious um, decisions via the judges um, that, that, that aren't true. Or at least could be spun in a way where the other person could have won it. This one, it, it truly went, it could have gone either way. But I, I feel that Michael Johnson really took more of the control, took more of the center, and took more action in the third and landed the cleaner, more consistent shots, whereas uh, Afili just, he just didn't, man. And it is what it is. So Michael Johnson gets a much-needed win, too. Um, speaking of Michael Johnson, uh, this kind of has a weird parlay to it. He needed a win after the Gagey fight, man, because Gagey was just, man, Gagey, he's Gagey, man. He's a, he's a fucking crazy dude. Um, Justin Gagey. Main event against James Vick. Absolutely monster left hand, right hand, left hand combo. Puts away James Vick, KOs him against the cage. <laughs> Say what you want about Justin Gagey. I thought that he did a lot better attempt at being very cautious and timid to begin with. Like just utilizing and setting into his range because he knew James Vick, all 19 feet of him, was going to. Uh, you know, be kind of a uh, skyscraper esque and, and really utilize that. So I think he's like six, four, six, five. Um, but man, it's, he utilized his range. He found his spot. And then when he had to jump in, he would jump in and go classic Justin Gagey. So he was very tentative at first, was really establishing that distance. And all of a sudden he gets in and just wallops him, hits him on the right, knocks him against the cage. And then the left that followed, um, I want to say it was a left. It could be reverse way, but the, the, the following strike put Vic out on queer street. He was, he was done. So he was out. On, so he falls against the cage slumps. Ref jumps in Gagey, uh, Gagey, typical Gagey fashion <laughs> has some choice words, has some choice, uh, into, or some choice digits on his, uh, hand to give to the training staff of James Vick, uh, presumably James Vick. Um, and then afterwards gets on the horn, uh, and he, uh, he starts calling out different people. It's being interviewed by, uh, who is it? The the Irish Dragon. I can't remember his name. Uh, but he asked him that he heard he he's like, yeah, I was like, I want Tony Ferguson next. And then he goes, I think I think you wanted to fight, right? And the guy goes, yeah, yeah, I'll fight you. I'd love to fight you. He goes, nah, I'll take Tony Ferguson. So that was a fun, lighthearted moment. Uh, Justin Gagey showing his humor, something that he does often, but it's more in the, the typical brash, bravado fashion. Um, so that was fun to see. That was UFC Fight Night in Lincoln, Nebraska. Again, one of the funnest most notable things in Lincoln, Nebraska recently. Uh, 
you know, incoming college football. That's pretty much going to take over. Uh, Anthony Pettis, we're moving on. Anthony Pettis versus Tony Ferguson, now set as the co-main event at UFC 229. Uh, this was – it was funny. I heard a story that Anthony Pettis went in to the office, the UFC offices, for somebody else to campaign for the fight or to campaign for somebody else to fight, and then he leaves with the cash cow and Tony, Tony Ferguson. So, I mean, it ends up working out for him. Um, Tony Ferguson, of course, coming off his uh, his knee injury after tripping over a cable, demolishing his knee on the set of a, I think, a Fox Sports interview, uh, or or some interview. I can't I can't recall. Um, but he trips over uh, a, a cable, tears tears his knee up right before the anticipated Khabib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson fight that was supposed to happen 19 times so now he's back and he, he lands anthony pettis and vice versa anthony pettis lands a huge cash cow in tony ferguson so i'm excited to see that i think it's an actual it's, it's going to be a fun matchup obviously it favors more towards tony uh just because i think he's a more complete fighter in terms of power but anthony pettis is dangerous everywhere and he's finally like after his championship run he really tried focusing on on uh, developing that that basis and that's turning his weakness of wrestling into his strength. And now he's kind of abandoned that. Just went, you know what? I just need to be really good at what I'm really good at. I'm really good at my striking. I'm really good at my distance. I'm really good at my kicks. And I'm phenomenal at my jujitsu. Um, and so I think he just needs to kind of use his wrestling as how Chuck Liddell used it. Liddell used a phenomenal wrestler, wrestled in college, but he used it as a offensive maneuver. So somebody tried to take him down. Nope. Use that, that defense to... Put him, put him away, get back up, and utilize his strength. And Anthony Pettis, he did it last game or last his last match. He looked phenomenal last match. And so this one, I think it, it could go either way. I think Tony Ferguson definitely has more power and has a few more tools. Um, but Anthony Pettis, I mean, he I don't want to say he's on a tear because he won his last one, but it was against a high caliber opponent. And so I think with Tony Ferguson. Coming off, you know, his, his knee injury, you never know how people are going to respond with that. Is there going to be ring rust? I know that Dominic Cruz hates that term, but it, it, sometimes it is what it is. Um, so that'll be a really good matchup. And it's made co-main event right before the Khabib and Connor match for the lightweight title. So that's kind of very interesting. So I'm presuming the, the winner of this match gets the winner of Khabib versus Connor, which again... Th- all of these matchups work, and it's awesome. You have a name and an awesome talent, and Anthony Pettis. You have the rising shouldn't be underdog because he was stripped, uh, and Tony Ferguson. You have Khabib. You have Connor. You could put any of those names together, and it's going to sell buku bucks. Um, so I'm excited to see where that eventually goes after UFC 229. Last but not least, I want to cover UFC 231, the proposed fight, the final showdown versus or Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega. Uh, for the featherweight championship, something that was supposed to happen about a month ago. Uh, but unfortunately, with Max Holloway experiencing concussion-like symptoms from who knows whether that was training, whether that, from that was dehydration, for, that could have been from anything. They can the fight, which is good on them because, I mean, I think even Bisping called him out during an interview on national te- or television saying, hey, man, did you just wake up? Like, what are you doing? Are you here right now? Like, just pretty much clicking, hey, follow me, follow me. And uh, it really brought a lot of awareness to it because even though, even if he hadn't been clipped in practice, man, weight cutting, Max Holloway is a humongous, humongous featherweight. And so is Brian Ortega um, for that matter. And I think that if this is weight cutting related, which a lot of people think it is due to dehydration and all that stuff, man, I think that whoever loses this match, I think you'll see him fight a few more times. Yeah, but I think that ultimately whoever loses this match or loses this this uh, this series that that's about to happen, I think they go up to lightweight, man. Featherweight is no no place for them right now. 
Um, so they're just they're just huge. They're humongous, man. And so that's going to be. I really hope that that proposed fight happens. I know that Brian Ortega said that they're gearing towards Toronto, which is a phenomenal place for all the fights to happen. A uh, huge fan base there, so I think the energy would be very palpable there. So that kind of covers all of the things that I had on this episode. I know it's a shorter episode, but I just want to get in a little bit of coverage for some fight talk. Uh, we covered UFC Fight Night and Lincoln, Nebraska. Anthony Pettis for Tony versus Tony Ferguson added to the UFC 229 co-main event. And also Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega for UFC 231, a proposed featherweight championship. So that concludes this episode. For social media, you can find us on Twitter at Dudes Talk Sports, on Instagram at Dudes underscore Talk Sports. And then you can go to our website, which is www.dudes slash, no, dudes dash yeah dudes dash talk dash sports.com that's not confusing at all thanks chad uh also i have a side project side podcast called packers select uh where i talk about just packers green bay packers specific stuff draft prospects overall in season coverage you can find me on every single social media aspect instagram twitter facebook at packers select and you can find our website at www.packerselect.com that's how you keep things consistent chad suck it thank you guys for listening see ya